Hello, hello. Joby here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I'm your host, Joey Montano. And this opening just felt so good. I felt like the timing was spot on. And I'm probably the only person that really talks about this meta stuff, but I don't know. I love a good opening. Regardless, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing on helping you fall asleep, relax, get your mind off of your day. And let's be honest, it just stops the mind chatter and the mind racing. I think that's the big, big sell on this podcast. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But generally, my voice does tend to induce yawns. Every time I was in client meetings, I talked to people for a relatively long period of time let's say like five minutes, they yawn, they get tired, and I figured why not use this power for good. Now, does it really work? Well, it does help significantly, uh, according to a lot of people. When I started this podcast, kind of as a joke, but it turns out it does, uh, it does work fairly well. That being said, I do blend in background noises, and uh, sometimes binaural beats, if you aren't familiar with that, it's just, uh, it's just more of a sound that just helps you put yourself in a more relaxing state and more of a deep focus slash sleep state. Um, and I do, I mentioned that, but I don't put it into every episode because, well, what's the point? You're either going to, you're either going to listen to it or you're not. And I, eh, I don't know this, the rain, the rain itself is obvious. Like I blend that in, but, uh, but it's give or take. It's what it is, whatever I feel like it. Uh, so regardless, today's episode we're going to change things up a bit. I know we talked about note cards in previous episode. I want to talk more about sleep. But this episode, I wanted to just shed some light on something that uh, I fairly discuss on and off on the podcast, but I don't think I've actually dedicated a full episode towards this. And I think when it comes to a lot of us to have mind chatter uh, and a lot of stress in life, it it has to deal with our everyday situations, our day-to-day interactions with coworkers, uh, our family, siblings, loved ones, or you know, just about anyone. And it's not just how we, it's not just dealing with people, but it's also how we deal with things and how we deal with stress. And growing up, I think a lot of us in school, obviously we were assigned to do a project and most of us did it. Sometimes you never wanted to do something because we were told to. Or sometimes we just didn't feel comfortable in learning. And, it, and I don't know, we, we were just forced to learn. Like many years, didn't matter like, what we were learning, like what the subjects were. We were just told to do it and we did. Now, a lot of that stuff, a lot of that learning, uh, it, it felt, you know, some of that was forced. You know, I mean, I think a lot of us probably just dropped a lot of the subjects we quote unquote learned in school uh, that, that we really don't use in our day-to-day lives. And let's be honest, that's fair. Okay, I, I'm not going to chastise people on why they shouldn't remember all the things that would make them win on are you smarter than a fifth grader or something like that. But I, what I want to do in this episode is kind of recall. I wrote something a while back, and I still feel like it, it resonates to me to this day. And not only that, but it, it's... It's really related to kind of who I am as a person and kind of what I've been molded into, kind of like to the person I am today. And I still live kind of by a lot of these mantras. And that's and that's essentially a mantra, like, but, but this like a lifestyle or kind of a background. 
And that's um and that's poker. And it's been a while since I talked about either betting, sports betting, poker, or even data specific things. And uh, and that's that was intentional. And but I wanted to circle that back because now that sports are starting to wind back up and after the note card series that I wrote and even talking about sleep and whatnot, you know, there was this more like reflection and and, and I like to talk about things that I think one, provide value for you guys. Two, uh, we'll hopefully try to get you to see a different perspective, um, at least where I come from, and hopefully bring a, a new light on maybe something you guys can take up in the future and see the benefit for, or benefit of. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I've been playing poker uh, for a long time, but I've been recently been playing again on, uh, I think, Bet Online. And I don't mind mentioning them at all. I mention them, I usually use them for my sports book. But the sports going down uh, due to COVID, I I didn't know they had a poker room, and I needed I needed to clear my bonus fund. So I figured I'll just throw money in poker again. I'll just use my innate poker skills and knowledge, and see where I go from that. And I definitely do pretty well. So uh, so that's kind of I don't want to say re-inspired me to play poker. I'm actually over. I'm I'm done playing poker for the time being. But but it got that poker itch out of my system. And it's gotten me to, it's actually honestly helped me kind of develop my, redevelop, I should say, a lot of positive things that that, that I built upon, like, in my 20s and in early 30s. And I think moving forward, uh, so, yeah, I think moving forward, I'm probably going to refer to a lot of things with poker related because that's because it's, it's a framework that I've always worked off of and and it's not just a framework that I worked off of but like it's uh, let me take the back it's a subject but the framework that I think works in a lot of things that are related to life and poker just happens to be a game it, it just happens to be a game where it's easy to learn it's especially text hold'em but like the, uh, that's just but that's, I'm gonna use that synonymous with poker it's it's a game that's easy to learn, but hard to like. It takes a lifetime to master, and there are a lot of parallels that I'm finding in my life, in my professional life, and regardless of relationship, biz dev, sales, um, even just coming up for this, like ideas for podcasting and talking points that that I feel like are related to poker, and it helps me. I feel like it just helps me be a better version of myself. So. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I wrote, I wrote something on Medium about a year ago, and I don't think I did a great job writing it. Like I wrote it um, in a few hours, and it was like a, it was a list, and I don't think I've even scratched the surface on what poker does. Like if you're good at it, and and I'm gonna go through this list, and I'll link it to the description if you guys are interested in reading it, um, but. But it's kind of, but it's more or less just the gist that I want to talk more about. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk specifically about the gist of the article, but I want to dive deeper into more practical uses of it. And I think I can. I think I can only do that on this podcast because of the fact that this is coming from a place of you guys. One, I mean, to help you fall asleep. But two, it's you guys have listened to me for a while now. I would assume. And if one, if you're a new listener, please listen to probably something else. Unless if this. If you want to listen to a different episode that might pique your interest, I would recommend doing that. 
um, to kind of get an idea of what the podcast is. Unless if this pod, unless if this episode is one that specifically piques your interest, then keep listening. Don't don't worry. Um, but if, but assuming you're a regular listener, you guys kind of know my back. You guys know a little bit more about my background, what I talk about, and kind of how I think. And a lot of this is related to poker. And uh, to this day, I still speak with a lot of my, my poker buddies, a lot of poker friends who've done and done bigger and better things. And uh, you know, those are those are people that I enjoy and 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 I want to keep in my life for a reason. Uh, one, because they're usually good people, and two. It's just amazing to see how their mind works and talk to them and just, I don't know, I, I, I always have a good time talking and hanging out with poker players, especially ones that have been really good and have moved on. Uh, so uh, going back to this article I wrote, and I don't know if I'm going to read this verbatim, but I'm just going to, I'm going to read this and kind of riff from what makes sense. So it's a, the topic the title is called How Poker Taught Me Seven Legit Real-World Skills. Uh, it's a surprisingly rela- it's surprisingly relatable to the real world, and everyone should play it. Apparently it's a nine-minute read, uh, and at this point in the podcast, it's been nine minutes in. So I highly doubt this is going to be a nine-minute read. Um, I'm going to kind of expunge and just kind of vet out more of the thought process, and hopefully this is going to be related to you guys. Hopefully I can provide practical examples. And honestly, if you haven't played poker poker before i mean this hopefully this will be something that might shed some light into a different perspective and maybe hopefully you can use some of the lessons that i've learned uh and and try it for yourself and see if it works so let's get to it guys so like i said i'm going to link it to i'm going to link the article in the description you're more than welcome to like clap follow whatever um or just ignore it you know, it's, it's your choice it's your life dude or do at whatever, 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 you know, whatever, you don't, you guys know what I'm trying to get at. Let's begin. Poker players are some of the coolest, most intriguing people ever. If you play online, you connect to thousands of other players across the globe. If you play in a casino or a friendly home game, you get to play with people from all walks of life. For me, my poker career began as a broke college student back in 2004. I started out as a $10 credit to play Texas Hold'em online started a series of life adventures that helped mold me to the human UC fourth. You guys like how I write there? <laughs> um, but seriously, like, poker itself, it all started uh, when I was in college. There was a guy, I, there was literally like a slip of paper. You pull like a little tab and it says, hey, free $10 deposit, just use this code. And that literally... If there was a defining moment that that carved the way to where I am today, that is that one is it. There, there are two other ones I can I can definitively say like it literally veered off in a certain direction. But this, but that specific me inputting that was it. I never played poker prior, and I anytime I played quote unquote Oldham, I'd always want to go all in because I saw it like back in like 2002 and 2003, and that's where all the highlights showed. But I never took too, never took it seriously. But every time I did kind of play, I, I kind of had, I felt like I knew I had something going for it. But I never actually played for money until that point. Anyways, back to the article. So fast forward 14 years, or sorry, 15 years, maybe 16 years now. Uh, I now play for fun, yet I still love the art of poker. And now I'm going to hone that in, the art of poker. I find my most success in everything is just very relatable to everything I've done in poker. And... And the whole key thing about this is that poker is 
incredibly related to everyday life. Uh, you may not know it, but it is in almost all walks and how you assess situations and how you deal day to day and how you just work with people and how you can think objectively and how you can either think in real life and how you can separate like real life results with luck and everything else like it helps it helps limit the amount of of pain emotional pain you might have in some of the day-to-day -day decisions you have but but more, but more on that anyway back 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 to the article my heart firm my heart okay sorry my heart of hearts firmly believes that everyone should play poker at some point to gain a new understanding of our world now keep in mind i'm not talking about the friendly like five card draw home games where you play with like in a basement with six other people and it's like smoking above kind of like that photo you see of the dogs playing poker um you know you guys are drinking beer and and like streaming final tables and sharing bad beat stories i'm not talking about that stuff okay I am talking about Bonafide, you with two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other players at a table. You all have, you all have the goal to either win a hand, win money, or just play, play poker. It's simply the art of it. So creating a self-sustained way to live, quote-unquote, without a job sounds enticing. Um, and that was kind of the idea of what I had when I wanted to play poker, especially in college. I wanted to be a poker player for a living. Um, but honestly that alone uh, more so it I'd say poker ultimately taught me about the real world more than what like college did like I'll tell you that right now as a matter of fact I, I always said college taught me how to learn honestly college taught me poker which is tough which effectively taught me how to learn now if there's one tip I could give you guys is that if you want to play poker if you want to get good at it like poker is a, one poker is the funnest game you can play you can play with anyone, you can play with one person, you can play with a bot, you can play video poker, whatever, but Texas Hold'em or hold or any type of poker variation where you're playing with other people where there's turns and you're betting and you're bluffing, like that like like it's a competition, but it's also just the funnest game you can play. It it's it it, can go, it can be fun, it could be serious, it could be whatever you want it to be. But uh but, Talking back more relation to like what poker has taught me in IRL, like the, the lessons. I noted seven here. I'm probably going to talk more about these lessons in detail, or even add like six, six to twenty more. Who knows? But the seven real life lessons poker taught me. Number one, you need to develop a thick skin quickly. So backpedaling to my like five card draw home game reference where you're playing in the basement, you know, with some friends. It's like to me, like there's a significant difference in playing with a just friends casual game, where the social dynamics often interfere with the game itself. Um, and you're playing with friends who, I mean, let's be honest, how, how you play with poker is to an extent related to how you generally are in real life. Like it, it may, uh, I'm not saying it is 100%, especially if you're starting out at 10, like. You're, you're generally going to play both based off of feel, and, and your feel is based off of your gut, and your gut is based off of you, your personality. At least when you start out. So that's why I don't really measure like friends specifically like as a good baseline, unless if it's very established that you're all there to play, to win, to take money. Um, and the only way you can get that is really if you're playing at a casino or you're playing online, or you're playing with money that's high, like high limits. Um, so, again... Just friends, it's to a lesser extent. I don't want to completely downplay that. But uh, but the same, if you're just comparing the just friends to 
sitting down either a casino or an online poker room and putting your cold card cash up for grabs. It might sound rudimentary, but once the effort and risk of actual loss is involved, your mindset completely changes. For some low limit players, it could be $100 playing one two no limit hold'em, while someone else entering a $6 tournament with 3000 for other participants is more than enough to take the game seriously. So unless if you're pure natural or running hotter than the sun, you're going to lose a lot. And by that I mean every hand in poker, especially if you play hold'em, if you're playing at a table of nine people, if you all have a hand, you might play like 60 to 100 hands per hour. Online it could be more. Uh, and actually online that's about right. Live it might be like 20 to 40 hands. But you're having 20 to 40 chances, or let's say 20 to 100 chances an hour, depending on how you play, to win every single hand. Realistically, you're only going to win, you're only going to play about a quarter of those hands, maybe half, maybe it could be more depending on your style. But right, but right out of the gate, you already lost half the hands that you are dealt. Okay? You're going to lose. And you're going to lose some in which you're forced to pay to play, like in a big blind or a small blind. You're going to lose those a lot. And then the hands you decide to actually play, because you think you have a good hand, you're not going to win every hand you raise, because you're going to see a flop, and you're going to see how everyone reacts, and you're going to see a turn, you're going to see everyone, how everyone reacts, and you're going to see a river, and you're going to see how everyone reacts. One thing about poker is that I just I simplify that so hard, because if you want to see how everyone reacts, someone can raise, and they can bet, and then you have to see how everyone reacts to that. So, again, <laughs> there, there's, you're going to lose a lot of poker. And when you're starting out, you're probably going to lose a lot of money. You might be an, you could be a natural if you know like the math and stuff. You could be actually be pretty good. But generally, most people are going to lose a lot. And when you lose in poker, you lose your earnings immediately, and that just hurts. Especially if you're in a situation where you can't afford to lose money. Now, I'm not going to argue that you shouldn't be playing poker if you can't afford to lose it. Everyone has their own thing, um, but it's very tough. Even the biggest players like it's very tough i would have to say top one to five percent of players can effectively like take money out of the equation at, at some capacity but anyways what makes it worse is that it takes a hit on your pride and ego because now you've quantified the actual money lost if, if you lose a hand or if you got outplayed or if you just got schooled in certain hands like it does hurt your ego especially if you think you're really good but compare that to other to other competitions or sports, where losing a game may prevent future revenue and take a hit on pride. It's much harder to quantify a loss tangibly outside of updating like the win-loss column. Professionals understand that quote-unquote money is used as a tool to play the game. Even some of the most serious grinders are subject to misery. And I think I linked to a video from John Boas, Boys, Boas. I think that's the name. John Boas, B-O-I-S where he talks about the pain of like the, mi the of the misery of being a poker player. I highly I'll link I'll link to that in the description as well, but it's very yeah, it, it's it's yeah. Anyways, essentially losing at poker builds that thick skin of dealing losing consistently, poor luck or being at the wrong place at the wrong time. By that I mean it's I, I don't think I actually got to the main point there. And here I mean the point what I meant by that is guys, you're gonna lose out on poker. And not only that, like it's gonna be reflective of real life, like not everything is gonna go your way. And realistically, what you do in real life, like the decisions you make and how you interact with people, is no different than how you interact in a hand. 
that you're dealt. And that's why people say, oh, I got a new help dealt. That's why people say, hey, I got a new hand dealt every day. It's how you play it. It's very, very true. Because you might lose one hand, but the thing is, like, you'll get another hand dealt. And the hand might be worse or better than what you're dealt prior. You don't know that. But what you can do is put yourself in the best situation. In this case, if you lose a lot, you're gonna you're gonna develop that mindset of saying, "Hey, I lost. Like it sucks, but there's a, there's another thing I can focus on and improve or become better at." And again, as long as you're not losing things, like you're making decisions, and this is I'm not talking, I'm not talking about poker here. I'm talking about real life. You're not you're not you're not making if you're avoiding making terrible decisions, you're making decent decisions, and things don't go out your way. It's better than making terrible decisions and thinking and things are gonna go out terribly. But it helps keep your mindset of of limiting like the worst case scenario or, or worrying about if you lost like what's the actual risk and what you're losing it, it, it limits the it limits the mindset of worrying about what could be lost versus what you're dealing with in real time and i think that's probably i think that's the main point of it is that at least in this point specifically it, it's it's you know you're not going to win 100 percent you know and, and that's the key uh, you can't expect to win all the time. You can believe you can win, but if you but if you lose, you still have to take that into consideration, and it, it just makes you stronger. It builds that thicker skin. The second thing poker has taught me, and I think this is probably the this this one's key, is that adaptability is key. Whether if you're in work, or you're trying to do the office politics thing, or you're trying to push new projects out, or you're trying to come up with solutions. You have to adapt to your surroundings, regardless. And the phrase, bend but not break, comes to mind when I think of adaptability. Poker, especially in Texas Hold'em, is a simple game and takes a lifetime to master. Much like life, the hand you're dealt with changes all the time. We don't always know what our opponent is holding, but we do our best to make it work. Very rarely do scenarios play out in repeat patterns. Adapt adaptability is a must. I think we all can agree that life is unpredictable, and the only thing that is predictable is change. Even before, relating to poker, even just before a single hand is dealt, there are 1,326 possible combinations of two whole cards from a standard 52-card deck of Hold'em. On paper, that seems reasonable, but I'm only talking about pre-flop combinations. What about the flop, when three cards are dealt? How many are those? 19,600, that's the answer. I didn't make that, uh, that was kind of rhetorical, but I answered my own question. Now, let's take into account that you might be sitting with several other individuals with their agenda and plan to win the hand. So again, with poker, it doesn't matter what hand you're holding, because you still have to deal with everyone else and, and their perception and, wh and what they're trying to tell you of what they're holding. And they communicate that by, well, one, they can't show their hand, but they can communicate that by either calling, raising, or folding. And depending on what cards play out, you have to look at all the possibilities, and you have to adapt. And it can just be like they're betting, raising, and folding, and you can actually read people. You can look at their demeanor, you can look at how they act, you can look at so many things. You can you can even try to understand their mindset, like if they lost a hand prior, like they might be angry. Like you gotta have to adapt for that. Like if someone's angry and you feel like they're gonna they're just gonna play any two cards, that you might be like, Oh, I might play a little bit weaker hand because it still might be stronger than this guy in this scenario. Okay? So every person has their own agenda. But regardless, in poker, playing, sorry, in poker, depending on the table dynamic, you need to adapt your style of play that gives you the best chance for success. 
This isn't too different from everyday living where flexibility can lead to opportunities. Uh, that's kind of our, that's what I mentioned in the second point. But even just diving deeper into that, I, I still think that's very true. Like, my mindset in poker is like, hey, I want to win the hand. I want to win as much as I can or, you know, that I can. And it could be a hand or it could be in a session. Or it could just be like, I want to get this person to fold. I want to take what I can. I want to limit, I want to limit my risk of losing. Let's just try to lock whatever in. I, want to, I don't want to gamble. Like, there are so many different mindsets you can have. But you still want to give yourself the best chance of success. That's very true in real life. Like, really, like, you want to make decisions that, keep, that, forget, that propel you to move forward or that give you the best chance of succeeding. Whether if it's even just going on a, I don't say diet, but like saying you want to drop like 30 pounds, you want to adapt your surroundings, you want to adapt your scenario around. Like you want to be like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds, but I have three pizzas right here. What should I do? Well, should I eat it or give it away? Well, you should probably give it away, even though you spent the money. But you want to put yourself in the best chance of success. And I can dive deeper into that. Like even just one thing I'll mention right now is like hand selection. And I use hand selection or even table selection uh, in poker. Is you don't want to put yourself, you don't want to set yourself up to fail. So in hand selection, you, you know you want to play better hands. You don't want to you don't want to play like a two seven offsuit where you might only get like a pair of twos or a pair of sevens or two pairs, versus like someone that might have like pocket aces, which they already have a top, they already have the best pair in the game versus your two random cards. If you're already face face them head to head, you're only going to win like twenty less than 20% of the time. So you don't want to put yourself in terrible situations. And it, and if you play enough poker and you keep that mindset of just putting like, like, hey, there's a situation going on, uh, whether if I'm trying to lose weight or I'm trying to accomplish this goal, am I going to increase my chance of winning or succeeding or decrease my chance of winning based off of like me deciding to eat this potato chip or or me deciding to th throw potato chips out and just not even think about it. You know, that's one example. Or it could be, even be like joining a company or working with a client or, uh, yeah, or make a decision that might be practical for your job. I can only think about things that are related to me. But that's kind of what I'm getting at is that your everyday living and your adaptability um, gives you that best chance of success because you're going to take that time to understand and read the situation and 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 act accordingly. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. And that's not to say to act reactive. You could be proactive. Like I said that involves reading a situation. So that's that's the big thing. That the big takeaway is that poker allows you to relate relate what you've done at the table to a practical manner that you've done. And for me, like for me, communication and translating like those analogies and lessons are like key, because in real life, like people act accordingly, because people because people act accordingly in poker, it works both ways. Poker is just a game that reflects off how people act. So number three, it's what your body sets. So in my experience, and I think it's everyone, I think it's universally agreed upon. But in case you don't believe it. Well, whatever, but this is my experience, I'm just going to use that then, is that most communication at the poker table is strictly done through nonverbal actions. At a poker table, it's, easily, it's easy to get distracted by table banter, other poker tables, the TV, checking your phone, listening to music, uh, you know, just anything. 
So keeping focus on the hand is one thing, but in my experience, absorbing the nonverbal cues is just as crucial in poker as it is in, in real life. So I strongly suggest checking out this is um I think Joe Navarro. He's an F F sorry, ex FBI counterintelligence officer. He wrote a book called What Everybody Is Saying. Uh, I've read this book before playing like the first World Series poker event back in 2009. Just so you guys know, I'm not like a big name in poker world. I was actually like a small limits grinder, moved up to medium limits. Um, realized if I wanted to make like between like 40 and 100k and the limits that I was going to make a year, uh, I would just I would be super depressed. I knew it wasn't. I knew playing poker for a living wasn't for me, but it was so fun and it made it made me a living for when I needed to. But I knew it wasn't going to be a lifetime thing. Um, so that's more reference of like the poker, my poker background. But I did play in several World Series poker events, um, and I read that book, and I found it to be a game changer in, in both understanding poker and everyday life. Mainly it was just for reading tells, reading how people react in certain situations. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned that book specifically, but my, what I love, if there's any section uh, for you guys to read, um, I think there's like one for job interviews and he talks about how to how to exude confidence and crush a job interview and I I literally follow that verbatim in every interview that I go in and it puts me like it, I feel like I've gotten job offers just on the, the interview alone like 60 to 80 percent of the time so uh, the, it, it's all about how people's like innate understanding of reading of reading the nonverbal cues whether they acknowledge it or not like can be used in your favor and to exude what you're trying to portray. Anyways, going back to poker. After reading that book, it soon became apparent that reading nonverbal cues dramatically improved my live gameplay and significantly made me less nervous in handling everyday situations. So if you don't, if you, even, even if you don't want to spend cash on the book, simply watch how people react when their hand is dealt on the flop, turn, and in river can offer insane insights on habits that can benefit you at the poker table. It's a habit that echoes into everyday life. Though I will caution, most body, most body language cues should be used as a guide and not as a distinct end-all be-all. For example, if someone like covers their arms when they're talking to you, it could mean that they're defensive or they're just cold. Uh, so you have to read. So you have to take into account the situation and how people react and kind of adapt accordingly. So, um, but uh, just diving more deeper into like what everybody is saying, like if you just look at someone. Like read someone's face and look at their if they're if they look angry or if you notice their body language is like really defensive. And my, my biggest one that I, I do a lot in social situations because um, it actually talks about how you can uh, how you can repel like some dissonance and like like disinterest on your end, um, which is uh, if you look at someone's feet, if you look at someone's feet and they're pointing at you, like if you're in a conversation with like one or two other people. And you think it's a triangle, but if you notice two people are having like a they're having like a one-sided conversation, and you're not involved, or you don't think that, like always look at their feet, because if their toes are pointed in your direction, that means like it's it's more or less saying, hey, like you're still involved. Maybe we just got caught up in our little conversation, but you're still part of it. However, if you, if their toes are pointed at each other and not towards you, it's a signal that says, hey. We're kind of doing our own thing. You might be quote unquote involved, but hey, this is not like you're not really part of what's going on. Uh, so 
it's just being able to understand that. Because if you're able to understand that, then you can realize, oh, either I'm not part of this conversation, I can move on, or hey, I want to be part of this conversation. How do I work my way back in? You know, do you have options versus just versus just being like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't read the situation. So when people say read the room or read the situation, it's a lot. It's a lot harder um, to do if you actually don't take like if you really depend on nonverbal cues or all that stuff but you don't know what you're doing, like it's a lot harder to read the room. But a book like that is crucial in both everyday life and in poker. Based off how people are breathing, if someone's like, like you, I mean, you just get a sense for it. And I don't want to say it's like a sixth sense, it's almost like it's, it's acquired skill that almost feels like it's a sixth sense all on its own. But uh, I highly recommend that book, but uh, again, I think I, I highly trust them on like my bot, like reading body language, reading reading social cues. Um, acting on it's a little bit different, but if you're able to read it, you can at least put yourself in a good position. And again, that works for like interviews, that works for trying to impress a lady, a mate, a sibling. Uh, even, just, even just reading a situation that someone's getting upset, you can just figure out a way to like deflect or like tone down a situation. It's, it's all based off of just reading. Uh, so yeah, it's very powerful stuff. Number four, you have you have way more influence than you think. And this one, I'm still learning to this day. Uh, but I'll read this snippet and I'll translate that. Hopefully it makes sense. But I find that poker is, stri is strikingly similar to how the real world operates. Throwing several individuals with varied life experiences at a poker table is the equivalent is the equivalent of equality at its finest. That is like there's no there's nothing else. There's nothing else to that, effectively. Sure, people might have an agenda, which is often winning and being profitable. That's generally the number one priority. But no one has information on how good, bad, unorthodox, weird a player might be until they play a hand. Period. You, me, and maybe a hundred other listeners can have our own like poker tournament, and we won't know how we play until we until the hands are dealt. So you might not be sure about how Bill from Omaha might react if you try to bluff, so you don't. On the flip side, Bill might be nervous and feel intimidated if you try to bluff. Not like, you know, if you happen to go all in on a river, and there's like four cards to a flush showing, and you might not even have a flush, but you know. <laughs> you might not know that he's holding one, but again, if you're in a position to take action, like you have the ability to influence. Like, and it's really reflective off off that. So I'm uh, going back to the Bill example. So you, if you're trying to, you know, if, if you're not sure how Bill, quote unquote, from Omaha uh, might react if you try to bluff, um, and you don't, okay, um, then, you know, that's so, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to read this and understand this. I was like, man, I don't, this, doesn't, this doesn't read right. But I think it does. So yeah, so you know, you decide not you, you, either you decide to bluff Bill or you don't bluff Bill. Um, let's say you try to bluff Bill, and regardless of if you successfully bluffed him or not, your actions have caused the result. Like you made an action and you either forced him to call or you forced him to fold. But you put yourself in a position to either, to one go to hand and two to force him. To make a, make a decision so you directly have influence on the action and i think most people don't actually understand like people say actions have consequences that's true 
But your actions also lead to influence if you're in a position to make change. Regardless, in poker, you have so many opportunities to make change because you have a turn. You have you have your own turn every single hand, every single street on poker. So everything you do has direct influence. And poker is just magnified because it's it's specifically laid out. It's no different than real life. It's just recognizing when you have the time to make a choice. That's when your influence strikes. But going back to the poker script here, that's like say you successfully or unsuccessfully bluffed a bill. Your actions have caused a result, and the table might take notice. Or better yet, you wait one hour until you play a hand and everyone folds. Because no one sees you play a hand. And the moment you take action, people realize, oh, you know, they make assumptions. Chances are you've, you've developed a reputation of playing strong hands because of that. Now, take that, let's just dive that further. You want to play to those strengths. Regardless, both results, whether you successfully bluffed at that one time or you haven't played a hand in an hour, they both were dependent on your actions. Again, I cannot stress this, stress this enough. Everyone reacted based off of your actions at the poker table. And again, that's defined. This isn't limited to poker table. I've never met a single person who does nothing all day and succeeded. Those who speak up and risk and take the risk are often the ones that drive the most influence. And one of my favorite quotes ever is, uh, close mouth, don't get fed. Or at the very least, you will become aware of your actions and the impact they have. I don't intend to chastise others, but I've never gotten to be a writer, marketer, consultant. I'm merely hoping for the best. I'm a very shy dude. I mean, this podcast was quite terrible when I first started, too, and I almost didn't want to continue. However, I made it a point to send a message to myself or ask what I want out of it. Because I'm the person that determines that, and it's up to you guys, the world, the listeners, regardless of what I do. Even in this podcast at the poker table, or even when I you know, speak with people, clients, vendors, siblings, friends, anyone. They... I don't, they, they either come to me, they ask me for things, and they'll either take what I say or what I offer or what I do and act accordingly, they react to it. When, they, when people react to you, it means you are putting yourself in a position of power or influence, whether you think about it or not. Now, the results of that, that's varied depending on your specific actions, but I want you guys to recognize in poker, like, that's the thing. Like, you're, everything you do it drives influence and people will react accordingly and it's really dependent on the actions that you take and whether it's a day from now or a year from now or a decade from now it all matters number five anyone has the power to command a presence and this is this is topping off number four here here's the thing social here's the thing humans are social creatures well i think most of us are to say the least and pitting each other in a game of poker offers a one-of-a-kind dynamic that is always changing. The ebb and flow of each hand varies just on about everything. For example, the guy to your left loses $120 because his opponent hit a one-outer on the river, and it will likely create more tension on the table than not. I mean, if you want to dive more deeper into the specifics, I mean, one-outer means, like, a guy had, like, a 2% chance of winning a hand by the river, and it turns out... You know, they went all in. The guy with the 2% chance felt like an idiot on a bluff, and he needs one out. And the guy who was really ahead got him, felt good. He thought he was going to win, and then he went like a magical one hour. <laughs> the person who was supposed to win is now very angry 
everyone who realizes it sits one under understands that that was a, bad, a really bad beat, and it's very uncommon even compared to bad beat standards. And if the guy who won the hand, who, who won the bad beat, maybe the one outer, starts celebrating and acting like he deserved it, well, it's going to create a really, really awkward dynamic. Um, however, based on how those reactions happen, like the table is going to have more tension than not, or you know, whatever. You know, whatever. Anyways, um, but you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, like that, that, you know, that changed the dynamic, and the person who lost the hand, he's not. You know, he's going to be the one that's going to be driving a lot because people recognize like he's not someone to be messed with, or you don't, you don't know how it's going to react. But he's like, he's effectively the person who is commanding a present based on that scenario. And that varies depending on each scenario. Another situation I included here is that a tourist couple sits down with a few hundred dollars and wants to have fun. If they want to have fun and they're going to be chatty, the table will resonate with that. The, po the couples that want to just, they, they don't mind just losing a couple hundred dollars because it's entertainment, they're going to be the ones that command the presence. You can either adapt or react accordingly. If you want to take it seriously while they're having fun, well, they might leave. Okay, so again, Anyone has that power, it's just, it just depends on either the hand or the dynamic. Anyway, uh, another example is that you chat, up a, you chat up about poker or sports with a person next to you. Cool. Table feels a little bit looser. You end up winning $300, you end up winning $300 from a pot from the same guy. He might be upset, but mutual respect is earned. The first guy experiences a loss, um, but is at a table that feels cold. Oh yeah, so, yeah, so this is an example I mentioned, like, this, like like for, like, for example, I like the tourist couple part because I like to play with chatty people who want to have more entertainment because I'm decent at poker, and for me, it's easier to win with people who aren't that good. But if they're having fun and they're being entertain, entertained, and really, if you're trying to do your best to help them out too, be like, eh, you know, like, try to do this or whatever, and you don't come off as like a dick. Losing $300 to someone you like or someone that you kind of have a respect for or someone that's like, oh, you know, we understand what's going on, but it's part of the nature of the game. It's a lot, it's a lot easier to bite than losing $120, for example, to someone who's being a dick. <laughs> okay, so, again, um, again, like, you can, like, the, the presence you do and how you react to certain things, like, you can command that. And it's all based off of you in relation to everything else. It kind of goes back to adaptability. A couple more examples um, if you happen to be the guy, if you, have, if you happen to be the one at the table that gets the table talking and laughing, all of a sudden players are playing looser hands and the pots get much larger. If that's the style of poker of if you like, congrats, you just made it happen. Same thing. Like everyone has their own personality, their own traits, and you're you're in a situation where everyone's forced. And I mean, you could technically walk away from the table, but you're more or less forced to play with what you're dealt with, with the cards and the people, and they all. You can, you can change the whole dynamic yourself. Even taking social awareness aside, if you start betting 10 times the blinds pre-flop no matter what, you'll create a sharp slash tense dynamic that tells the table, I'm gonna get the ball rolling or I, I wanna play hands. Like you're commanding a presence. Again, how you act you can, in poker can be very specific uh, in real life. And tying this back, I go back to the article here. I've never considered myself an extro extrovert until people began calling me one. Regardless, call it a hunch. I don't think I'm the only one that prefers to be around fun and happiness, or at the very least, find a way to turn a boring to turn boring into excitement. That's been a habit that I've never dropped, and that's kind of directly into poker. Like I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be like the rain. I find this calming, you know. 
Like when I talk half the time, I, I always have a smile on my face. I get to talk, I get to feel lighthearted. That's my choice. I could be depressed, but then my whole mindset and beliefs are going to be kind of down. I don't want to do that. I want to have a good, happy presence. I, and honestly, I never thought I'd be an extrovert. Like I, most of the tests, I always lean on introvert. I was generally shy. The reason why I was an introvert is because I was never the one that would take hold of a conversation or I would have nothing to talk about a conversation. So, like, I couldn't relate to one. So the solution for that is to put myself in a position where I'm controlling the conversation and I get people to talk um, about things I like or at least try to put myself in a position to where it could be more relatable. Now, I'm, positively I'm positively sure that I'm not alone and wanting to be... to, to, to uh, Positively sure that I'm not alone and wanting to be around fun when given the option. Clubs, events, works, or even sitting at a bar can turn into a blast. Now again, despite what you guys hear on the podcast or how I generally talk, uh, I'm generally a shut-in, and it takes a lot of energy for me to hype myself up to put the effort to putting myself out there once in a while. But once I'm there, making it the best of it is the easy part. Because it's true. I mean, if you're there, you're going to roll with it. But just getting there. Oh, I hate getting there. Number six on this list. Uh, you will meet success. Head on. And most of them are good humans. So if you play live poker, the likelihood of running as someone that society deems, quote-unquote, successful is relatively high. If not, damn, you're guaranteed. You'll have to play with opponents with varied degrees of backgrounds and pedigrees. From DGen gamblers that can't stop playing poker, successful white-collar professionals, entertainers, real estate locals, attorneys, Emmy-winning writers, college kids living the dream, older folk that have walked out of the senior home, the occasional celeb or millionaire, or the hardcore professional player that is happy to play his limits because it's profitable and pays bills. In some ways, it can feel intimidating knowing that. However, I don't know who these people are when I sit at the table, and their background doesn't make them a better poker player. I love getting to chat with other players because it's always enlightening to hear others' life stories and what they've been up to. It's an approach that I've adopted, adapted in everyday life and finding awesome people to collaborate or partner with. You never know who is who until we are connected with an individual and we get to know more about them. It's sporadic that I run into someone that is willing to chat but won't talk too much about what they do, unless if it's mentally taxing and the honor of the mood, then you know, I respect that. But I, I like this because you really don't know who you meet in real life, and most people really don't go out of their way to flash who they are, what they do, and I feel like, you know, I think a majority of people are reasonable human beings, uh, and, and if you run into people who are successful, it's always something that might be intimidating, because you're like, oh, it could be a celebrity, it could be who, you know, this, the who's who of who, like... Like, should you act accordingly? Should you play, adapt, adjusting? It's like, no, like at the poker table, everyone's equal. It's equal until otherwise proven. And that's a mentality that I always like to have. It's always a mentality that I like to keep, especially in the professional environment, in the business environment. You know, you always give people generally the benefit of the doubt. You give people the, kind of the respect that they, you know, they say respect is earned, and I'm like, yeah, like that's true, but I mean, you know, I feel like everyone has, should have a baseline of like human decency and respect, and and that's just the mindset that I generally have, and it's it's a mentality where uh, it's it for me it makes sense, and while you're still competing with everyone, if you you have a full goal in mind in this specific game, outside of the game, it's 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 fun, it's social. And that's what I like about it. 
and number seven is that you get out what you put in which i cannot stress that enough it's huge i didn't become a winning poker player or even profitable after the rake which is like what the casinos or the online takes until my second year of playing poker uh, and that was probably like late second year of playing poker i took the game for fun and played online in the occasional college home game back then once it became profitable this, this is key. I reinvested the money into myself and bought some poker books, studied poker books, and would discuss hands relentlessly on poker forums with other poker players that were really good. I was legit terrible to everyone else, uh, but with time and effort, and it's about one to two hours a day of studying hands and playing over six hours a day of learning from my mistakes and studying, I became good. And by good, I mean like I was profitable. I would make, you know, I could quote unquote make a living playing poker, whether it's cash games or tournaments. Uh, even over a time where I played, I specified in heads up poker, which is me and someone else. And I would play like 12 to 14 hours a day, probably 12, 13 hours a day. And I would study hands for the next three and look at the math and study all that. And what the key takeaway from that, though, is that. You know, well, I don't consider myself a world-class poker player. I mean, I can still play, I can still win money, but it's like, but those are the habits, those are like the, the, the foundations that I built for myself. And, and it's literally no different from poker to if you're going to school, if you're taking like coding lessons, doing marketing, and I relate to everything to marketing because I, I live in that realm. But I mean, it can be from any craft that you want to do, like it could be plumbing, AC repair, any, like anything you're really doing. And you take the time to figure out like what works, what doesn't, like how to make what you do better, faster, more creative, and learn from people who are better than you, and study what you do. You can see general improvement, and, it, and it's always kind, it's always that idea of mastery, of of not of not saying, okay, I'm done now, and you're you're gonna ride that, like you do get out what you put in. And over time, and I think with a lot of us too, as the times change, people change, mentalities change, behaviors change, you still have to put in the work. It's not a set it and forget it, like you learn so much and then you gotta stop. It's like, no, like even with poker, like I, like even when I play poker again recently, I've been watching, I think his name's like Lex Ball something um, on Twitch. Uh, I watched him uh, while working, like listening to his logic and understanding like for a couple hours a day while he was playing tournaments and understood his logic i would listen to like jay carver poker and that's even when i like or yeah, also known as like run it up over now uh when he was streaming like live live poker tables and or yeah, poker tables live not like he's playing online poker poker tables live and streaming and would understand his logic and, and would listen to like the questions he would ask himself now i never played poker while i watched that but those are the things i would still continue to ask because it's really just discipline and how you handle day-to-day -day situations and he's just applying it in a poker sense. So when I talk about poker here, it's like literally all the stuff I'm talking about can be applied day to day. It's just recognizing when those situations happen. And even now, uh, like the last six months, seven months, I talked specifically about like Whole30, like spending a lot of time relearning a lot of things, taking a couple courses, focusing more on well-being, um, mainly because, you know, I. I you might have mentioned this before, but like you know, my, my, after my brother passed uh, back in 2017, uh, which is crazy. It's you know, it's 2018, 2017, 2018. Um, I mentioned that because 
I moved in Vegas and moved from Vegas 2018. So I think it was 2018 he passed. Um, and I kind of took a lot of time off to rebalance and find work-life balance, but I really was just, I spent a lot of time on life and not so much work and not doing too much even in the life part uh, to help me like fix my well-being and get clarity. And I don't know, I, you know, I feel like I've phoned it in even in a professional environment until uh, several, several months uh, ago. Uh, where I was just like, you know, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, I'm doing all the things that I told myself I would never want to do. And I'm comparing myself to the person I used to be. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I still am the person I quote unquote used to be, but I'm just not doing the things that made me really happy, really successful, or not even doing what needed to be done to, to, to move forward. And, you know, that's when I had to look really deep within myself and just reconnect, like, poker with reconnect with what worked and, and say, like, look, Joey, like, this works. This always has worked. Like, you've done this for your whole life, and why, you know, why are you stopping now? Like, it's just... So, uh, yeah, and, and that's fine, you know. I mean, as long as we're able to get back up after kind of, like, you know, suffering some from... From a you know, let's say trauma, like just dealing with adversity and and moving past that, it's it's really just moving forward, and you have to just not just move forward, but like moving forward involves growing and and learning from it, and not just blindly phoning it in. Uh, so that that's all I really wanted to get out of that. So. Uh, just finishing up this article. So when I lost my passion for playing poker in 2010, I told myself that the next job or career that comes along, I'll tunnel vision the hell out of it and it will become valuable in any situation. Eventually, I ran into the world of content marketing and SEO in early 2011. Uh, and that's when I started out literally as a copy-paste, like copy-product product descriptions for an e-commerce company. And I didn't even want the job because it paid like... 8.25 an hour, but they offered free food. And my friend, he, who, he's a really good friend, he's my mentor slash friend, even to this day. Um, he, he managed to give me the interview the same day because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to take off my, uh, my dress clothes, like my, my interview clothes. So I started out there and I told myself, I, I told myself I just need to take all the poker mentalities and keep learning and growing and just keep evolving. Um, and because I knew, like, I knew my effort was tied to the work and it was tied to that and I worked at poker, so why not my career? So because of that, I immersed myself in digital marketing. I bought the books. I worked for free. I worked with partners that screwed me over, like, over and over again. And I got to the point where I could start pitching companies to company owners, get approved, and I got to implement things and did whatever I could to get practical experience. Over time, what started out as a low-level content role turned into a legitimate marketing career using the principles I learned from poker. Uh, and now it's kind of like, I don't want to say beyond marketing, but it's more of a, you know, I, I like to understand the business. I'd love to understand the systems. I'd love to understand how everything works. Marketing, marketing was just one piece that I was able to focus on that has let me help leverage that into analytics, reporting, marketing, and you know, offering all my insights. Uh, so, you know, maybe I'm crazy, uh, but I don't believe I'm alone in thinking in poker being the most impactful way to learn about life along with human interaction. Generally, serious poker players think it's outside the box and often don't want to be another quote-unquote salary man working for a boss. 
the ability and belief one has to control destiny in the form of card playing and me if in the form of card playing amazes me to this day. Even professional poker players that quit eventually move on to bigger projects or find careers they are passionate about. I, I mean, I can almost create a documentary on the amount of like poker buddies that I knew that were really big and and they won tournaments and like on TV and everything else and only like two or three are still professional poker players and everyone else they're just like you know what it was great but uh, I'm going to use my skills and sharpness to to either build myself up or build themselves up or help companies or do other things um, for me it was just a great tool to help me prepare for the present and future and give it a try sometimes you might enjoy it so that's effectively what I wrote for the poker uh, article and hopefully like I said, it's quote-unquote a nine-minute read, but we are sitting, like, knee-deep in, what, 55 minutes, 56 minutes. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed or found a couple nuggets out of this. I really do encourage a lot of you to play poker, regardless if it's at a play-money table. Honestly, you put $10 into, like, an online account and play, like, the tiniest limits. And I think the moment you just put up anything up for grabs is when you start taking things seriously. Um, even if it's a penny, because you know there's a real chance of loss. I don't mind play money games, it's just I don't take that seriously at all. And it, it it's a... and I don't... and it's not reflective off of actual loss. But it's still good practice. Um, if everyone has the same mentality of being serious and learning from that, that's fine. But, and, you know, I just find practical cold hard cash or money is, is makes more sense. So, um, that's all I can say. Uh, if you're at a live table, I mean, obviously you can't do live so much anymore. You need a mask. Um, but that's honestly my favorite part about live poker is like, yeah, I don't, I don't play as many hands, but, um, but I, I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy sitting with other people and talking and getting to like make reads and assessments on the people themselves, and then seeing if I'm accurate or not. Uh, and it's fun. You know, I get to meet. I got to meet a lot of people. I still get to meet a lot of people from all walks of life, and uh, it's it's really good to pick inside their brains because you might not you might not have known like how people make their livings. You might not know like how they can't even came to be and why they're like at a poker table or why they visited Vegas and whatnot. And I always just find that super interesting. Um, so, and for me, I especially these days, I just love playing poker. Like it. Like, I, I loved it so much. And the reason why I stopped playing poker, like, this most most recent run, um, is one, is because sports betting's coming back up. And two, uh, I had a huge upswing in poker and playing cash games and tournaments, um, starting from, like, 50 bucks or something like that. Um, just moved up from the sports account to the poker account. Um, and I found my most success early on strictly because I haven't played poker in years, and I just loved reading hands and reading the situation and taking the people out of it um like specifically for that moment and i had a lot of success um without worrying about the money or the risk it's just like oh, i'm playing for this and i'm really enjoying just the art of battling for a hand reading things and and now you know it's after i won some money and i took some out a couple times i'm kind of like i'm not over it but i'm but i i lost that like zest of 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 excitement and now I feel like I'm like a, a regular poker player like that would grind the games, and I'm like, I don't want to do that again. So that's why I haven't played poker so much. I moved back to sports betting. 
Um, but it's really good practice once in a while just to do that and just flex the muscles or just learn a little bit more of the game and understanding because um, because there's so many different styles. There's people who like look at the math behind everything and make decisions. And then there are people who are like me who just literally try everything that's really unorthodox and just get people scratching their heads heads or make ter or make intentional terrible decisions just so I can come off as like a certain certain viewpoint and then exploit that later on. Uh, it's fun, and uh, it, it, it's it's fun, and like I said, it's 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 still practical in day to day life. So that's my little bit with poker. Uh, I don't think I have any parting words. That's great. I'm still doing parting words. So parting words. Parting words, essentially. Again, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully these the last couple subjects is a nice change of pace from the note card stuff. I know I laid the note card revisited pretty heavy. Uh, and that was that was mainly due to the fact that it's been work and everything else has been a little bit too busy for me. And I didn't want to didn't want to overcommit to doing multiple episodes when it felt like I, I was I just had no time uh, I'm fortunate that I've caught up on a lot of what's going on in work and I happen to have like a whole Wednesday morning and some of the afternoon to actually uh, record so I'm very excited to do two episodes again uh, and if you guys enjoyed the episodes please like uh, the Facebook page like the Twitter page or send me an email uh, I I, you know, I'm not trying to blow up on social media or anything. It feels like it's just counterintuitive. But if you are a fan of the show and you want to keep up to date with episodes, or if you just want to show your support, I have a Patreon too, and I have like I have I think it's starting as two bucks or something like that. Um, I can make it lower too. I just I just made it out of spite because I told myself I needed to do it, and I held off on it after six months. Um, but uh, but overall, yeah, if you'd like podcast support it i mean obviously continue to download it i'm very happy that i still get people downloading uh i don't know how you guys find it or why or how this keeps downloading like maybe you just subscribe to it and it just automatically keeps downloading every week and then you guys catch up to it like every night i don't know uh, but i also know a lot of and a lot of people who listen um you might be catching up on some older episodes and if you're catching up now then one a week might not be doing it so i at least want to do two uh two episodes a week still uh, and yeah that's pretty much it two episodes a week I want to I want to continue to grow this podcast and I, I don't think I'll be able to grow the podcast anymore uh, unless if I specifically talk about like more sleeping related stuff or, or talk more about I don't know I don't want to say sleeping related stuff but but I want to get more creative with what I'm talking about but I want to talk about things that are, that are interesting or maybe more interesting to me that people still talk about uh, it's a little bit. It's kind of hard to do that. Uh, like the one I, I, I mentioned this a couple of times, but like the time time cube one, I want to do. I want to do another affirmation type episode. Um, but generally, I pull it from other places and I add my own little flair. But this next affirmation one uh, is, I think, will be very beneficial. But no one's talked about it yet, and I might have to actually go out of my way to create something from nothing which I have nothing against. I do that all the time for, like, clients and everything else and people. It's just for the podcast, I very rarely... It's a lot of effort um, to create, like, doc, like documents and my own stuff um, in a short amount of time. So that's the big thing, uh, is that time constraint. So if I get that ready, 
and done. Uh, and I think it'll, I think it'll be super beneficial for everyone, uh, not just for people who are looking for the podcast, but for anyone who's just looking online for what I have in mind. That's kind of the, that's kind of the name of the game, though, is to help you guys fall asleep, help you guys just solve a problem, which I guess in this case is probably insomnia or mind chatter. Um, but my throat, I don't know why. I know it's been a while since I've done two episodes, and I was hoping to record a third one, but I'm going to go eat. My throat is feeling a little bit shot. I'm not going to ruin it. Uh, maybe next week, if I have the time, I'll try to go for three episodes. But until then, until next time, folks, take care and dream easy.